Are you a mert? Well, I guess obviously you answer that. I, I just have to look behind you and know the answer to that. But are, like, if you go to a concert, are you like a merch person, Paulie? Used, like, well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, maybe I'll ch- do a tour. Maybe I'll do a tour later on. Mm. It's not so damn early, but um, mm. for a while there, uh, a lot of the stuff that I had behind me are things that I've uh, I've collected. Uh, but when I used to go to concerts, it would be more I want the poster than I want the shirt because mm. the shirt I, I just had just. You know, I have wardrobe with these stupid band shirts. That's stupid band shirts, and I wore them all mm. the time. And I said, "Oh, that's all fine and good." But I love, I love, uh, I love, um, I love album art. I love, I love. You know what I mean? I love the, I love artwork. It's just great. Rock and roll art is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so when I would go to a concert, I would get the poster that was made. And very often they're very limited runs. So I have posters all around me here that are from concerts I've been to and I can just kind of zoom in on that the t-shirts long gone you know but um, the memories of them are there you know like there's this one I went to the very last Lexus on Fire show I love the band and they were playing at Cops Coliseum on December 30th I think it was yeah last concert ever pretty emotional jam-packed Cops Coliseum and I go there and there is this lithograph of a house burning down and it's fucking cool and if you run your hand across you can feel the screening on it mm. and I said I gotta get that so uh, I had floor seats standing seats on the floor and I bought this thing before the concert was going, <laughs> I'm going now, how am I going to how am I going to preserve this thing because it was so cool so I stood at the back rolled it up put it in the sleeve of my coat and held my coat in my hand during an Alexis on fire show. And I stood at the back, but I got it. It's, it's fantastic. You know? So it makes me see, see way back there. The uh, red that's, that's pretty bitching. Right. So, and then right beside that is Dallas green. That was the city in color. Yeah. That was cool. the sitting color concert at, at the Meridian center, the new arena in St. Catharines first concert ever homeboy came home to do it. So they were, I think they made 500 of them. And so cool. I was there, I was there an hour early at the merch stand and I bought a, no favors on any of these things. I just bought them like everybody else, you know? Cool. So makes me wish that the grateful dead had uh, sold those, you know, the, the teddy bears, like the giant ones, you can get human sized ones at the <laughs> carnival. <laughs> you sold those at concerts. That would have been yeah. a scene. Well, it's yeah. like Canada's Wonderland when you you see the guy carrying the huge elephant, and you're like, "Are you on your way out, or did you just win that?" And you have to lug that shit around all day now. <laughs> Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark Lefave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio Underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter. Music conspiracies today. I love this. I love a good conspiracy. I know Benny does too. Me too. And uh, as I yeah. went through the as I went through this list of music conspiracies, I think for you, for Benny, you're a big conspiracy guy. For you, is a good conspiracy one that is possible, or do you enjoy the ones that are just completely fucking outlandish? Only the possible ones. Only the possible ones. So, like, how- however, however, my my possible filter is probably a little more broad than most people's possible filter. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, there are remote possibilities. You allow more in. I allow more in. <laughs> okay. yes. However, however, I draw the line at Carrie, uh, Katy Perry being John Benet Ramsey. Oh, that's number one off my list. <laughs> Literally number one off my list. Katy Perry is John Benet Ramsey. Right. Like, oh my on. God. Did, Polly, oh. were you aware of this? No, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I almost want to claim that's a racist conspiracy theory. Like, what, all us white people look the same? <laughs> you know? so like, good. Come on, man. That was literally just... number one on my list. <laughs> I'm sorry to have stole your thunder. No, that's okay. I told Polly they went from the most absurd to the most possible. So right. that's how my list goes. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> I like I like the one that uh, says that Elvis uh, was a top secret informant for the CIA. Yeah, yeah. Elvis well, is everywhere. Uh, Elvis is everywhere uh, still to this day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because like in my pre my previous incarnation of the the hit band like back in the mid nineties or so, um, we played a show in Tweed, Ontario. Oh yeah, yeah, the and, and, of, of Did you Tweed. play the big festival? Yeah, 
it oh. was free it was freaking awesome yeah but, that was um, a huge concert huge concert and Anyways, elvis man. an elvis sighting in tweed happened not long after we played that show and i was like wow Maybe he was just late to see us. I don't know. That's so funny. Of all the places in the world Elvis could go, Tweed, Ontario would have well, to if be you're, if you're gonna, on his list. It, it, would make, it would stand to reason, though, that if you're going to spot Elvis, spot him somewhere remote. Fair, fair. Right? Yeah. There, there, in St. Catharines, when we first started hits back in the early 1980s, there were two guys in town that were kind of notorious. There was the... Uh, I'll call him the Bon Jovi guy. He was a guy with a white leather jacket with with fringe, right? And he looked like a dead rigger, except the fact that he rode around town on his bicycle. <laughs> Just yeah, deflated <laughs> <laughs> the myth right there. Yeah. And there was another guy though, and he looked like Rod Stewart. He had that whole he had that yeah. whole head of hair happening, and he has face. He had the same kind of features and all that. And he was a lot. He knew that he looked like Rod Feature, and so he kind of started that shit around to all the different concert halls you'd see him everywhere and because he kind of looked like rod he could hit on all these girls and he was yeah doing, right? so he Good wasn't rod Stewart, but he, he kind of had that thing going on for him but i'll never forget <laughs> i'll never forget bon jovi guy and uh we used to invite they used to invite him onto the morning show and have him sing along with bon jovi and this guy couldn't sing he was half in the bag when he was on the air that's too funny i can picture yeah. ben really liking bon jovi guy <laughs> that's definitely the guy ben's hanging out with i know i know his love of bj <laughs> God. yeah yeah the um the whole bike thing it kind of killed that i mean at yeah. least at least have a I won't even say a car. You better have a fancy car if you're going to try and pull off the Bon Jovi thing. The bike ain't the bike ain't going to do it. <laughs> Chris, what have you found in your travels thus far? Do you mean as far as as far as conspiracy, conspiracy theories, theories are concerned? Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot of them, uh, old and and new. Uh, mm. There's actually a lot more new ones than than I had thought that there was going to be. Like I, I when I when I think of conspiracy theories, it's obviously the Elvis one that I was talking about. We were joking around. I don't think Elvis is still alive, but but uh, you know, there's a lot of people that still think the guy's still alive, which is I don't get that. Like I mean, you can claim that about old. anyone. It's not even yeah. A how old? How old would Elvis be? What do you mean? Because yeah. he's ancient. Yeah. There's. No, no, there's so so yeah, so there's the there, there's the Elvis one. Um, I was a really big proponent, not I, I mean a lot more so back in the day because uh, because I, I was really researching the the Kurt Cobain death and you know I don't know if you, that you ever heard that he was actually murdered by Courtney Love uh, and not actually killed. There was there was a couple of reasons for that. Have you heard of yeah. that one, Pauly? Yeah, I have. I do know about that one, and and it it got started because of the the uh, Courtney was in L.A. and after after Kurt. Uh, so okay, so Courtney was in L.A. recording her new record, and Kurt at the time was supposed to be in rehab, but he escaped out, and they didn't know where he was. So Courtney hired a lawyer to go look for, not a lawyer, kidding me, a private investigator to go yeah, look PI. for this guy and eventually tracked him down to Seattle. And of course, everything kind of played it. They found him dead in, you know, that loft, like that room above the garage on his own property. And that very same investigator kind of turned it around and suspected that she may have hired somebody to kill him. And and that's kind of where it started. But, mm -hmm. you know, we know the investigation, of course, came to an end and that was not the case. But that's awful in a theory. The only thing I do remember and I can't find it anywhere is the fact that um, uh, details of, of the of the scene where Cobain took his life. Some people doubt that he could kill himself because yeah. because, because I don't want to get into the grimy details but there was if he had shot himself it would have been a little messier than it was mm -hmm. and apparently not so much so in other words the idea is that there was a shooter in the room rather than Cobain taking his life I haven't, there, read, I haven't read that in a long time but I remember when yeah. this whole controversy first took place so hmm. there was also a contention that he had enough uh, sufficient narcotics in his system that he would not have been able 
to pull the trigger on the gun. There, there was yes. there is a whole bunch out there. There, there yeah. were some shady things surrounding the death, but whether or not she had anything to do with it, I, I, I doubt I, it. I, I really yeah. do doubt it. I mean, Cobain already had demonstrated. Um, uh, pro- I don't want to say a propensity, but he tried to take his life in uh, Rome. a month or two earlier in Rome. That's yeah. what, you know, they, they finished the tour, they or they canceled the tour, and they came back to him the United States, and he went right into rehab, and Courtney went to the studio, and then we pick up the story, as I as I put it. So, I, I, I don't believe that she had anything to do with, what, with, to do with it whatsoever. I just, no. somebody's messing with the details here, and you can't One believe the, uh, everything you read on the internet. One of the other things that they uh, that this conspiracy theory claims is that uh, if you look at the suicide note, yep. like apparently a lot of the note, it's it's not necessarily it doesn't it doesn't reference really anything about taking his own life or anything. It, it seems almost just like a journal entry, but the, and ex- with the exception of the last two lines, and the last two lines like like kind of direct it so a little bit more to be a suicide note, but the the, the handwriting doesn't match. The, ha- the handwriting changes, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've, so. I've got a I've got a book. I have a book of his uh, a publication of his journals and stuff like mm. that. <laughs> if you want to do a study in handwriting, I mean, it's yeah. it could be fifteen people writing this thing. It was just all over the place. Fascinating yeah. to look at, though. Yeah, but, sure. it, t- it turns out heroin messes with your motor skills mm-hmm. a little bit. Yep. Yeah. The, one yeah. of the other one of the other new ones uh, that that I that I came across. Um, is the have you ever heard the Avril Lavigne one? Yeah, yeah, that, I saw that one yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot it's, about this. She did. It's a good one. So, so for anybody that hasn't hasn't uh, heard of this one, there's a theory that Avril Lavigne is not who you see in the videos right now. So there, there's theories that, that Avril died at some point between 2002's Let Go album and 2004's Under My Skin album. Um, and the record company, instead of you know f- giving up all of that money for touring, they hired a body double named... There's They even had a name for her. Her name's Melissa something. Yeah, because she had used her in the past for. Yep. For security. Yeah, yeah. Get away from the paparazzi and all that stuff. Okay, so they they have this Melissa chick that apparently took over, um, and they're and they're they're saying that she's actually the the new Avril Lavigne and there's a lot of like it's alluded to in the music and like if you you know watch the videos it's not the same person and all of this stuff you know it, it's just it's it's hilarious it is absolutely hilarious which, of all uh, people which one had sex with Chad Kruger <laughs> 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 which one crossed that threshold I remember when that came out and I thought you know this is plausible you know I just wonder I, mean, I, actually, I actually bought into it it was so well put together I thought you know that could be true and I'm not a conspiracy guy whatsoever I just you know there's no way she's just she just faded off the. She just sort of faded away a little bit, and then she bounced back. You know, if you play Skater Boy backwards, it says I'm living with Elvis. <laughs> so is that my is that my cue? Because Skater Boy. Thank you. Uh, Se- segways are us over here, Polly. Segways are us. So, so yeah. that's what I'm going to get into. The whole thing about backwards masking, and uh, I have to admit, I. I got a lot of my, my the information is all over the place, but I got it through a podcast called Twenty Thousand Hertz, which I highly recommend to anybody who has an interest in recorded music. So the story goes like backwards masking has been going on for a long, long time, and the uh, the, the the preposition here is that there are there are things that when you play a record backwards have hidden messages. And sometimes they sound really ghostly, and sometimes they sound like well, just like somebody like. Yeah, somebody speaking backwards. But the idea was that perhaps these messages were messing with your conscience, that it would make you do things and make you do some evil things. Um, I I do want to reference the first top 40 hit that had subliminal messaging or backwards masking in it was by a group called uh, The Eligibles. 
corny as that sounds, late 1960s. They're the same guys that sang the theme song to Gilligan's Island. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And the song was uh, wait, called. Wait, 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 wait. I just need I need to bank that for obscure trivia night. The eligibles. <laughs> Got it. And the song was called Car Trouble. And I don't want to get into all the details, but here, but they deliberately took a recording and they kind of flipped the tape when they mastered it and had this backwards. And you can hear the backwards garble going on in the record. So they deliberately had done it. So, um, Nobody really cared about all this stuff, and I, I mean that that to hear it, you when you when the stuff would go by, you would care. Oh, that kind of sounds like messed up garbly noise, right? But you don't really think too much of it. And you might even say that sounds like somebody speaking backwards. But back in the day when you had a turntable, you didn't dare spin it backwards. But some guys did do this, and this really became a controversy when you know the Beatles came out. And the, uh, there are a lot of examples of this whole thing, but the Beatles. I think the the first example was um, uh, the Beatles song called Rain. Okay, mm. when the rain comes, they run and hide their heads. And at the very end of the song, there's a bunch of garble. When you play it backwards, it's actually the first line of the song, which has simply been played backwards. But then in 1968, out came the White Album by the Beatles and a song called Revolution Number no. Nine which if you've heard it, is a really disturbing sounding song. Sure. It's, it is, it's, it's marvelous. It's freaking brilliant as well, too. The Beatles so far ahead of their time. And um, at the end of the song, uh, at the end of the song, um, it says, turn me on, dead man. Turn me on, dead man. Turn me on, dead man. That's there- number number nine when he's yeah. saying number nine, <clears throat> number nine. You spin that backwards, and that's what you get. So there's True. a radio there's a radio DJ that got a phone call a year later from a from a college student. This this college student came up with this theory that Paul McCartney was dead, and uh, somebody was standing in a phantom Paul McCartney was going in playing as an imposter because of this whole thing. And then there was this whole theory about Paul McCartney is dead and all these little clues, including the backwards masking in the song, that he really didn't exist. It's a, It was a little crazy, but, it, you know, with the Beatles, everything hit, just hit like wildfire. Yeah, they had a name for that guy too. Wasn't it like Billy Shear or something like that? That's who they said was the, the new Paul McCartney? Well, funny enough, you know, B- Billy Shears is the character in... Um, in Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts right. Club Band, and yeah. you know, you know that was a fake. That was a fake band that McCartney created, but that was part of the conspiracy yeah. theory. Mm-hmm. You know, when you took a look at the album jacket, for instance, with the Beatles on the front cover, you have that 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 mural uh, of all those different figures from history and cultural history, and you know, standing around a casket. And the casket itself has a guitar, a left-handed guitar in flowers on top of the casket. Paul McCartney is wearing a black rose. On the back cover, there's the four Beatles in their Sgt. Pepper outfits, but Paul McCartney has turned around and you only see his back. When you take a look at the Abbey Road album cover, this is the big one. Yeah. You see the four Beatles crossing the, crossing the, uh, the, going across this crosswalk. McCartney is out of step with the other the other three Beatles. And barefoot. And barefoot. And if you look at the way they're dressed, you can say that... It's like a funeral uh, procession. It's like a funeral procession. Uh, Ringo is the undertaker. He's dressed in formally in black. Uh, George Harrison is in denim. He's the grave digger. And right. John Lennon is the preacher, if you will, because he's all dressed in white. And McCartney is dressed in black and barefoot walking across the street out of step uh, of the other. It's brilliant. So there's, a, there's also mm. the license plate on the Volkswagen. That's right. I mean, there, are, the so, there are so many of these type of things. That's but awesome. People, like, where's people, Waldo? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's... There's another backwards song, though. Uh, I'm so tired. If you play that backwards, it's John saying Paul is dead. Miss him. Miss him. That's right. So that's that's all part of this whole thing. So sure enough, the PTL, the praise the Lord, uh, the praise the Lord people, the ultra conservative ministers picked up on all this thing. And they said that rock music could make you worship the devil. Right. And there are all kinds of songs through the 60s and 70s that are littered with these things, including Stairway to Heaven, where if you play it backward, you might detect, here's to my sweet Satan. 
This also be found in uh, electric light orchestras, El Dorado, the Eagles Hotel, California. Satan had him. He organized his own religion is what you might hear. It was in sticks, slow, snow blind and all this type of stuff. Wow. It really kind of came to a head, and they call this era the Satanic Panic. It was in the early 1980s. (laughs) (laughs) And this was a very real thing. Now, I will tell you, with that whole Led Zeppelin thing, I was was, uh, going to broadcasting. I was taking broadcasting at Fanshawe College, and my mom was part of a charismatic religious group. She's Catholic, but the charismatics were kind of a – I have to admit, they're a little cuckoo, right? More Catholic. <laughs> and my mom sat on my bed with my fiance and showed me this newspaper article about this backwards masking stuff that the music had the devil in it. And she offered me $500 to pick another career. <laughs> now, That's I was. That's time. That was money, too. Now, the, the funny thing is, for Christmas, my mom used to buy me all these albums for Christmas. She would say, What do you want for mm. Christmas? So I'd give her a list of albums. And I would get them. They were great. In that group was Led Zeppelin's Led Zeppelin Four was Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> all right. Now, on a more serious note here, uh, this all kind of came to a head in uh, the late 1980s when two kids uh, 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 committed suicide. Uh, one successfully, one died of complications years later, and it was alleged that they were listening to a Judas Priest song. Uh, and the uh, what's the name of this priest song? I can't remember. It was actually a cover version of a, a song by Spooky Tooth, and it's kind of lame what's in there. But the heat was on now because of this religious fervor, and because everybody kind of piled onto this thing, it went to court, and. Um, they played it backwards for everybody in the courtroom, and the judge finally ruled with a 108-page ruling by the judge. They said that Judas Priest wasn't liable in the deaths of these two boys. There was no evidence of backwards masking. There was no scientific evidence that backwards masking could be perceived, and it would change your conduct whatsoever. And then it just went away. It ends up that backwards masking is continues to be used, and it's a bit of a joke. In fact, you know, more recently, there's backwards masking in a Lady Gaga song. And <laughs> you, really? Yeah. Uh, uh, it is, what is it? Uh, Lady Gaga, the song, oh, it's Paparazzi. And if you play it back, you can kind of hear, evil save us, these stars above, above, we model on the arts of Lucifer. It is ludicrous, all this stuff. But when you hear it, it, it's kind of there. Sometimes it's deliberate. Sometimes it's just coincidental. But go back to the judge's decision where they brought psychologists in and these people that said, can music change your behavior? Could it make you do stuff that involuntarily? And the Mm -hmm. answer is no. But there was a belief in the 1980s that Satan was in the music and could make you follow the devil and maybe even kill yourself i know a lot of air guitar players who would beg to differ with that contention (laughs) (laughs) it's funny how it's funny how much how how uh how how long that theory that the devil is in the music has lived on like there's still i mean obviously maybe the science is bogus but there's still a lot of people that that to these days like these days believe that music has this power you know to control what you're doing it's called you know they always called rock and roll the devil's music right yeah robert johnson went down to the crossroads and he signed a deal with the devil and the 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 myths go on and on and on you know the 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 tricord that we talked about a couple of weeks ago with black sabbath the devil's chord you know all that kind of stuff. Well, Paul, it, it reminds me of, it was a few weeks ago we were talking about uh, you being at a Marilyn Manson concert and uh, everyone doing like the, the Heil Hitler because the guy on the stage was doing oh, it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not even subliminal. That is just mm-hmm. like right out there and people are following it. So it's interesting if there was subliminal, would people just not knowingly, but, uh, but still yeah, follow yeah. it? You know, yeah, music, it's that herd mentality. And that's what really that was, the Manson thing. It doesn't have to be music. It just can be just such a charismatic leader on stage, can make people do things that they normally, you know, if they really thought it, they shouldn't be doing that kind of shit, you know. Mm. So uh, there's a great scene in uh, in uh, The Wall, the movie The Wall, um, where 
are there any queers in the house tonight? Get them up against the wall. Yeah. And it's it's frightening. And it's that whole Marilyn Manson zig type situation that Manson was merely imitating that. But the point was when you watch and as I watch this taking place in concerts, that this guy has this in- – He's charismatic and he has this incredible effect on us that he will make us do stuff. And sometimes when you want to belong or you're in the middle of the crowd, yeah. you might raise your arm to do this. And what am I doing? Mm. Yeah. Really, what am I doing? But it's so intoxicating at times. Yeah. The mob mentality. The mob mentality. For, for, yeah. good, for good reasons and bad. You can be stuck in something too where it's, you I mean, it's a good thing and you get wrapped up in it and that's awesome. But yeah, you can definitely yeah. get wrapped and up I in think, it. And as we're talking about conspiracy theories, this is one of the, this is one of the issues is that, you know, you kind of need this critical thinking about, you know, kind of thinking things through. It's like, is this plausible? No, this is freaking stupid. And yeah. you know this. I mean, this sort of this sort of stuff is going on, of course, in the United States with the whole, the American election and all the all the hurdles they're putting in front of the verification of the election. All these mm. theories that it was mm. fake. You know, I have uh, I have a few. Oh, Barry, sorry, go ahead, buddy. You're no, go, go ahead. ahead. I just I had a few that kind of jumped out at me. Um, this one I never knew about, Polly. You might be able to speak to it a little bit more because it's when I was a little younger, Benny, as well. Uh, that. <laughs> That Michael Jackson and Latoya Jackson are the same person, <laughs> <laughs> to the point where she was asked about it, and she said, I, "I've always been a big supporter of Michael's career. We've always been there for each other, but we are definitely not each other." <laughs> Which I think is such a good lie. It all stemmed from all the plastic surgery, and I guess Michael started looking more and more like Latoya. Uh, the other one is that uh, that Stevie Wonder. I'm sure you guys heard that the Stevie Wonder isn't blind. Um, there's yeah, a that sp- happened with McCartney or something. It was a sing along to "Hey Jude" or something. Well, there's a sports, there's a sports, writer, there's a sports writer, and he's apparently he's a noted uh, Stevie truther. He, point, he points out the stuff like the visual imagery in Stevie Wonder's songs, his preference for sitting courtside at NBA games, which I think is fucking awesome, his reputation as a childhood prankster, which I think once you're in your fifties, you've taken that childhood prank to a new level. Uh, and then there's a, a NBA star. His name is Daryl Dawkins, who uh, he, his nickname was actually Chocolate Thunder. But he uh, he claimed, <laughs> My he claimed that Stevie Wonder could I, see. I, and he said that there's a <laughs> there's visual uh, there's video of Stevie Wonder catching a mic stand as it was as it was falling. Over. That happened. Yeah. Paul McCartney was the one who knocked the mic stand. So they're singing. It's Hey Jude. And they're singing all together. And Paul makes a dash for the piano. And as he does it, the mic stand in front of Stevie Wonder gets inadvertently knocked over. And as it's falling, Stevie Wonder it does, in fact, catch the mic stand before it hits the ground. He's probably but like, oh, oh shit. I, I feel safe in saying it's it's pretty much a coincidence that that, that, that <laughs> yeah, happened. I, you know, amazing yeah, coincidence. An amazing, yeah. rather remarkable coincidence. But I mean, yeah, yeah at, at this point. Uh, you know he he's he's been blind blind for so long. Yeah. I mean, why why would he out himself now and catch a mic stand falling over? I mean, it's, you know, it kind of. Yeah. He's a childhood prankster is my favorite one. The, la- the last one I have, and Chris, Chris, you'll probably love this, and I had never, ever heard this, which was that um, uh, Nicki Minaj, that uh, some conspiracy theorists believe that her entire persona is something of an alter ego for Jay-Z. There's an argument that Nicki Minaj provides the image and Jay-Z provides the rapping, which is sped up to sound like a woman. Interesting. Never had I ever heard that, so... Yeah, no, that's she's a hell of, that's, she's a, hell of that's a rapper. Crazy. So. <laughs> I know. I that that's the one thing that kind of drives me nuts about that one is just that like she's actually legit, like a legit rapper, and it's like or is she? Or like, is she? Pawn, you know, <laughs> to like pawn that <laughs> off to like like oh no, it's just some guy pretending to be a girl. It's like fuck off. You know what I mean? That sucks. Because she's she's legit. Um, yeah, there's there's so many. Apparently, if you yeah, yeah, apparently if you slow her stuff down, though, it it's it sounds like Jay Z. That's so. Funny. You just got that flow, I guess. <laughs> yeah, wow. can you imagine? Is is uh, while we're on uh, music that Chris likes, is anyone um, aware of the fact that David Bowie predicted Kanye West? No, really? Like yeah. What do you mean? 
Uh, well, there there's two things. One, if you uh, if you look on the cover of I think it's Ziggy Stardust, uh, he's the the sign up above him says K West on it. That's right. It does. And as in, as in Key West. Yeah. Oh no no no. That's Key West. That's Kanye. No, you're wrong, Paul. And, uh, <laughs> and and there's also uh, and uh, he alludes to um, himself dying and the rise of a black star. On his mm. last record, the song Black Star mm-hmm. is Bowie uh, calling his shot because, you know, way back when he was standing under the K-West sign and now there's a black star. So, yeah, yeah there you Kanye go. Kanye West. That's all I see now. I'm looking at the album cover. Kanye West. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, <laughs> I um, t- just talking about this is a little a little off topic, sort of um, as far as conspiracy theories are concerned. But but uh, with Bowie. Um, there, there was an interview that's been resurfacing. Uh, I think it's from like the early '90s, maybe. No, it couldn't have been the early '90s. Maybe, maybe early 2000s, where it's David Bowie talking about the internet. Okay. Um, okay. And he's, and he's talking. He's talking about how uh, that that the internet is it, you know it, it was back when everyone was just believing that like the internet is just a tool for information and like a method for communication and all of that stuff. And David Bowie's like. He, his, his whole claim at this time way way before um, anyone was really talking about it uh, was that like the internet gives all of us the um, capacity to be able to live in our own realities essentially not not so much you know a digital reality but like the fact that w- we can expose ourselves to a separate set of facts and like you know if you travel down one route it's like the fox news versus cnn thing he he essentially predicted he's not, he was he's saying, not you know, wrong he's not wrong yeah, no he's not wrong no he's not wrong at all and that's what's so cool about it it's not a conspiracy it was just an interesting thing that i came across on the internet i'll, I'll send it to you guys and he's talking about like you know how it's the biggest like the internet when before anybody was thinking about it he was saying that like the internet is like this big sociological experiment that people don't really understand how how much it's going to change and he's like it's going to change music distribution it's going to change that but it's also going to change like you know he's like what he i think he i think he, he tuned up the conversation by saying like back in like the 50s um there there was an established set of facts that we all kind of just agreed that were true but then slowly in the 60s and 70s like they started to divert and now with the internet it's like an it's it's like a an unlimited amount of contextualizations for the same set of facts and it's going to divide us or bring us together he's like it's he's like he's, talking, uh, and he, so he, ahead he, of his he, time yeah. Good oh Lord. it's insane and yeah. he ends he ends it by saying talk about life on mars man it's like we're living it classic I love uh, I'll send it to you guys I love this too we probably all remember Dave Grohl from a couple years ago when he was on that throne because he had the broken leg there was lots of yeah there was lots of conspiracy that he actually didn't break his leg and that it was all just a big thing and I love this because this is so Dave Grohl and this is just I think this is how you squash a conspiracy theory when he was asked about it he said I think it's fucking rad what if I didn't break my leg what if I jumped off the stage and I fell on the ground and I made it all look like it was a fucking emergency and then they dragged me onto the side and the band keeps playing and then 10 minutes later I magically fucking reappear on stage and then I get somebody else's x-ray of a broken leg and I make it into a t-shirt and we make millions of fucking dollars and I design this fucking awesome throne so that I don't have to stand up anymore. Imagine that. <laughs> I just love that. That's, that's how you squash a conspiracy theory. Like, he broke his leg. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's like Stevie Wonder being blind. Like, why would you go to all that trouble? When, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I have to admit, when I saw that, I saw the throne tour, the throne concert tour and Dave on it, it was pretty amazing to watch him do this with his leg, sitting on a throne with his leg stuck out <laughs> yeah. on a leg rest yeah. but what was the funniest thing is before the concert stopped in the merch in the merch tent they were selling the Foo Fighters t-shirts and it was an x-ray of David Grohl's leg and the break in the leg I just <laughs> said only not, not a Foo Fighters logo or the latest album cover emblazoned here or some t-shirt with yeah. all the cities that they, they no it was the image of his x-ray of his broken leg as That's freaking awesome. funny as can be i love him i so. like the idea of combining conspiracy theories <laughs> okay. so when elvis was in the cia he was the operative that killed bob marley 
Jesus. Huh? You guys are aware that there was a shoe given to Bob Marley after his diagnosis with melanoma under his toenail. There was a shoe given to him as a gift or a pair of shoes by none other than the son of the then director of the CIA. And it had a poisoned copper wire in it that ultimately... Uh, was was what killed Bob Marley. It wasn't, in fact, cancer. It was a poisoned shoe. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Get, oh, yeah. Hey, hey, nobody's really talked about uh, Biggie Smalls and Tupac. In- Where's yeah. that? Yeah. Um, I, I thought somebody would have that one. Chris, you want to speak Especially to that Especially Tupac. All? The guy's I, released I like 10 albums. I, I don't know so, too much about it. Um. I like so the '90s. The '90s hip hop isn't really my my okay. realm of expertise, um, but you mean yeah, the like good kind. They, <laughs> so, so when it was good. <laughs> um, Sorry, <laughs> no, it's good. I like I. They, they, I mean, as far as I know, as far as I'm aware, the. The conspiracy comes from like who was the trigger man on them, right? Like I don't know that they ever really, I don't right. know that they ever right. really solved those. There, there was the, there was the one where where I think Tupac was because he got shot in Vegas. I think he was driving down Vegas. Yeah, right on the Vegas all strip. These things that after like, a Tyson fight. Yeah, on the on the strip, and and he had a he had a vest on, or I I don't know. I, I'm not super super familiar with it to be honest. All, all um, I, uh, what I remember yeah, is like you had these people are saying Diddy was behind it. There's yeah, there is this. Oh, there is always this. I don't. Oh, I shouldn't say the word always, but at the time there was this East Coast West Coast rivalry in the rap communities, right? And Tupac represented the West, and and uh, Biggie, of course, was Brooklyn, so. And both died with it, or both were murdered within a very narrow period of mm. time with no known killer. And uh, it's those crimes still remain unsolved right now. And some people kind of threw in, well, maybe it was part of this rivalry between the two. It may have not had anything to do with the actual singers, the rappers themselves, but people in their groups and all yeah. the rest. And, and if you know anything about you know some of the some of the shady characters like uh, I can't remember what is what's his name who was around NWA yeah who had guns in the, the- guns in the studio and stuff like that yeah. it's pl- it, it's plausible lots I of Suge lots of Suge Knight sprinkled in there Suge Knight obviously was uh, was a major sorry, Knight, yeah, yeah major player within the hip hop community and also a fucking gangster <laughs> like these right. so they weren't he- uh, they weren't reading to kids you know they weren't reading to the blind on Sundays they I these guess- guys were. These guys were badasses. Yeah, but I, I'm trying to connect dots that don't connect. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think Suge Knight had anything to do with that rivalry whatsoever. So I, I don't know. I just heard about that. The other one I heard was that Jim Morrison is not dead. And mm. it, Oh, that's and, a, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, of course, Jim Morrison died in Paris and it uh, he allegedly was found. <laughs> I say allegedly. Yes, he was found in the bathtub by his girlfriend and the police came and Jim's body disappeared. Next thing they knew they were burying him and Ray Manzarek, when he was asked, what do you think about this theory that Jim Morrison is dead? And he says, well, if there was anybody who would throw 150 pounds of sand into a wooden box and then have to have it buried, it would be Jim. But I think he was just pulling our leg. You know what I mean? Mm. But, it still remains. Yeah, Jim Morrison's dead, of course. There, there was no autopsy performed on well, Jim too, Morrison. Yeah. And there's a, there's a 50-year gag order on Elvis's autopsy as well. Well, that one's kind of, that one is, year. that one is kind of gruesome. I mean, what we know is that Elvis uh, committed suicide uh, in, in his bathroom. I'll just leave it at that. That's what I understand. And a gun was involved. And I, I did a tour of Graceland uh, a couple of years ago, and they don't allow you onto the second floor of the house. And, um, yeah, it, it, Elvis kind of went off the deep end when his mother passed away. He and his mother were like, they were, they were pretty tight. And when his mom passed away, he kind of went off the deep end. He and Priscilla locked themselves 
uh, or Elvis locked them both into his bedroom for as much as six weeks and only the staff of the house would bring up and leave meals on a tray in front of the door. Apparently Elvis left the window open at the coldest time of the year and Priscilla froze her butt off during the night. Like he, he went off the deep end and that type of stuff. And of course we know his his addiction to pills and stuff like that and it, it just kind of escalated it's kind of it's really a sad story in the end i mean we make a lot of fun about the whole thing yeah. but it's a really sad but when you go to graceland you can't go to that floor you can't see the living quarters where elvis was because because of that the dark side of what had taken place but. you know what i find i find interesting about today is we're talking i mean a lot of these end up resulting in you know i mean some sort of um suicide or, or something like that and you've got these these men and women that just seem to have the world in the, in the palm of their hands that, that take their life for, for whatever reason it is, drugs or addiction, whatever it is. And it reminds me of the Dave Chappelle. I'm not sure if you guys have heard the Dave Chappelle bit that he does about suicide where he's talking about Anthony Bourdain and how this guy just had, you know what I mean? The world was his oyster and, you know what I mean? He could do anything he wanted and he took his life. Yet uh, Dave Chappelle has this fucking friend that's like 50 years old and still works at um, Foot Locker and that guy won't take his life. And it's just, he just finds it amazing that, I mean, somebody can have so much and take their life and then somebody can have such a shitty draw and, uh, and no, they keep going every day. So. There are, there are a couple of deaths, a couple, uh, uh, a death and a suicide that are wrongly reported. Apparently Michael Hutchins did not die of autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh no. Asphyxiation. He did no. not. No, the, that whole thing started as a result of a comment made by his then girlfriend, um, Oh, her name escapes me. But anyway, that, that she said, you know, they did have um, some pretty weird, sexy things that they did. And that, yeah. amongst them, that was one of them. And yeah. so it was taken that Michael Hutchins was actually doing that when he died. He did oh. not. He, he was on a massive drug bender and he hanged himself. He did. But it had nothing to do with uh, autoerotic asphy- asphyxiation. And Mama mm. Cass did not choke on a ham sandwich. <laughs> she she didn't. She she died of uh, a heart attack. There was a ham sandwich found next to the bed, uh, but it was untouched. It had not been bitten into. And by the way, I didn't know this. Uh, Mama Cass died in Harry Nilsson's apartment, the same apartment, the same bed that Keith Moon died in. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yeah. cr- fucking creepy. That, yeah. That's weird. Yeah, I didn't know that until I did a little homework for this thing. I was unaware of that one. And the, o- the only other one uh, that I have, the, r- the ridiculous one, is that Supertramp predicted 9-11. Mm. Has anyone seen this one? No. No. Okay, so hold up, hold up the cover of uh, Breakfast in America, which is the famous, the iconic cover with the waitress and the orange juice and the uh, New York skyline in the background, right? Well, if you turn it around, the orange juice looks like flames bursting out of the uh, World Trade Center. And if you cover up the bottom, there's there's if you if you take the the there's a there's a way you can manipulate the album. If you're looking at it in a mirror that the P and the the two upward sticks in the M look like nine eleven. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. heard that too, yeah. Yeah, so that that one is the one that I, I just went, huh? Like, there's got to be, there's got to be a, a, you know, like a group out there. there the, here's, here's a conspiracy theory. There, there's a group that creates conspiracy theories. I mean, how long did it take you to come up with the Super Tramp thing? Jesus. The, the, the oh. other 9-11 one was uh, Wilco's... Uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that album. No, yeah, but, it's uh, a fave but, album. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great record. But there's a lot, there's a lot of people that say that uh, same idea with the Super Tramp thing. That 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 uh, the album, it's it's a co- kind of a concept album, the way that it flows. But it, they people also say that it, the way that it, the 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 way that it tells its story, it, it's actually built around the arc that America. Um, you know, felt through 9-11, but it happened just a touch before it actually happened. You could go through the wow. song by song. Hmm. And I'm except, going to. That's fascinating. Ex- with, the, with the exception of heavy metal drummer, 
heavy yeah. metal drummer just is just in there and you're like oh that has nothing to do with the theme at all but then it, then it just continues on to like yeah it's it's pretty interesting uh i do uh the, the best uh, who of you has not seen spinal tap i've seen it I've seen it. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. You haven't seen Spinal Tap? Okay. No. So, Spinal this this is Spinal Tap it was a movie that came out in the early 1980s and it was a parody of rock music, particularly heavy metal music. And it was so clever, it almost seemed like a real documentary. Hmm. Just it's so clever in the way they do it. And part of it there was conspiracies, there was a conspiracy them uh, excuse me, theory about all the drummers that had gone missing. The first drummer in the in Spinal Tap was John Stumpy Pepes, who apparently died in 1969 of a bizarre gardening accident. <laughs> then there was Eric Child. He died in 1974. He choked on uh, he choked to death on somebody else's vomit. Yep. <laughs> there was Peter James Bond. Vomit. Peter James Bond uh, spontaneously combusted on stage in 1977. He exploded while on stage. Now, that is a theory that's been going around for a long time, not just with rock and roll, but people that mm-hmm. spontaneously combusted. And they said when they look back, they found a little globule sitting on his drum and on his, on his drum, uh, his drum seat. Uh uh, Mick Shrimpton, who was uh, who replaced Bond, disappeared and is presumed dead. As his brother Rick replaced him in 1992, in interviews with Rick, make reference to the other tab members saying, "We're not sure we want to put your mum through that again." <laughs> I can't find the cause of death stated anywhere. It goes on and on. So Spinal, you have to watch it. You just giggle. You just giggle your ass off. You know. Yep. Spinal Tap is is uh, responsible for some of the greatest greatest character names like the drummers and Paul Schaefer's turn as Artie Fufkin. Artie Fufkin. <laughs> Artie Fufkin. Polymer Records yeah, is Polymer. friggin' genius. It's absolute <laughs> what, genius. What they did is that they drew upon all the great road stories from all these bands in the 1970s, and they compiled them into one. And mm. like all the Michael McKean, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, his name just flew out of my head. Our uh, guest, Christopher Guest movies. Mm. Um, like uh, Best in Show and Waiting for Guffman, they're entirely improvised. They go into each of these scenes, they have a, a framework of a sketch, and they make it up. They hmm. make it all up. And it's, it, it is brilliant when it comes to comedy. You know? All right, that's my yeah. homework. I got to watch Spinal well, Tap. Have to, yeah, I have this, to watch Spinal Tap. This yeah, is Spinal so, Tap, yeah. and it's one of those things you kind of go back and you pick up little things. Yeah, Harry, Harry Shearer. Harry Shearer is in yeah. that, is he not? Yeah, Harry Shearer plays um, Nigel Tufnell. Nigel Tufnell, and Tufnell. the great thing with these th- these the three principal players is they're actually all musicians. They actually do play those yeah. songs. I remember cool. when the album the, this album came in. I was at Chum FM when we were a rock station, and the, this is Spinal Tap record came in, and you looked at the album graphics. It was a gatefold, and you look at it and had their previous albums. And I'm going to go like. Who are these guys? <laughs> it, it, looked, it looked so legitimate. It had all that devil. The graphics looked so legitimate. And then I listened to it and I go, this is a pile of shit. Like, who is this? This is back when Maiden and Priest and all these British new wave of heavy metal bands were coming out. And I go, what is this crap? And this was before the movie. Well, the movie was out, but it wasn't like it wasn't like Back to the Future where every theater was showing this is Spinal Tap. It took it probably took 10 years for this movie to really kind mm-hmm. of become, go from its cult status and it's well it still is a cult movie is it mm-hmm. uh, is the music good like are they no but you, when you listen to the lyrics it's like is it like Weird Al then is it like, like Lonely Island silly kind of shit stuff. it's kind of like a Lonely Island kind of thing but it's gotcha. it's it's, um, I mean, big bottoms, big bottoms. Uh, how's that line go? Uh, Talking about mud flaps, my girl's got them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> got it. <laughs> I see where we're going. Friggin' genius. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it, is, it is a genius piece of work. Some people say it's one of the best music movies of all time. Whatever. It is. It's it a, is. It, like... It's just worth a giggle. It set the tone. I mean, I I don't know if you guys have ever seen like like maybe that's another conversation for another day. But like music satire movies, Pop Star comes to mind is one of those ones uh, by uh, the Lonely Island guys. It's really good. But but yeah, Spinal Tap really set the tone. I remember watching that as a kid and just being like, 
I didn't know if they were a real band or not. I couldn't yeah. really tell. And that, yeah. that's because, the magic of it. Because they it was still entertaining so well. Yeah, you know, it's brilliant. Nigel, Nigel Tufnell sitting down at the piano, and, and, and he's being interviewed. It's part of a, what's called a rockumentary, and he's being interviewed. And he says, oh, that's kind of lovely. What do you call it? He says, well, it's kind of like a mix, a mix of mock, or pardon me, uh, of... <laughs> I give it away, Mozart and Bach, I call it mock. And he says, what do, you, what, do you call that? what do you call that piece? He says, I call it Lick My Love Pump. <laughs> it's, and he's playing the chords. It's just, it's kind of sad, you know? And, yeah. and then there's the famous scene, it's of like course, the, yeah, the, where he shows him all his guitars and this in the amplifier that goes to 11. Yeah. And that is the most classic scene. There's just, there's too many good things with this movie. I'm going to watch it today. I have to watch it. Yeah, yeah no Mark, kidding. Mark, you, you have to watch this. That's on my list. Happen. I'm friggin' genius. Genius. Before next smell, Thursday, I'm watching it. Smell the glove. The glove. Yeah. And then we can just spend, the, we can, the we can spend all of next week just reciting lines from the movie. Well, you it's, will, and you'll start talking with an English accent, and you'll yeah. annoy everybody around you when you do it. It, it, it happens. It's so infectious. It, it goes to 11. It the goes whole, to 11. The holy trinity for me growing up was, was this is Spinal Tap. Um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, that's um, a great one. And, yeah. and Spaceballs. Those yeah, those good movies. too. Yeah, they're all like great. Very dry comedy to be watching at, as at an eleven as an eleven and twelve year old. But uh, you know, no kidding. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, guys. Can, sorry, just just to, just before I wanted to touch on something because the the idea to talk about conspiracy theories actually came came to me when we were I, I've been reading this book called um, it's by this guy named Ta- uh Tom O'Neill and okay. it's it's about like um, the Charles Manson mm. uh, the Manson family murders and about how like you know the accepted um, explanation as to why those those murders happen where it's like the helter skelter motive is like completely bogus yeah. and it goes through it goes through the like all of the case files and stuff and shows you that like you know it wasn't exactly how everybody generally accepted it to be um, but yeah the, one of the one of the things was this guy uh, one of the witnesses uh, this guy Terry Melcher is actually a record producer, uh, and he he produced a bunch of like big albums, Paul Revere for Paul Revere, and and he was like and the Birds and stuff like that, and he was implicated in like this cover up to make it seem hmm. as if Charles Manson just was lost his mind or whatever, and it was really interesting. So I was curious, but it's actually like you know legit. There's a lot. He's gone back. This Terry Melcher guy went back and forth on like what he was saying and all that stuff. So I was just curious to see how much validity there is to some of these conspiracy theories and it's it's just really funny that that you know i, I don't know that there's there's it's either movies or you know with with um the, the the bruce lee or you know there's conspiracy theories everywhere it's really funny to see um hear the the music ones too you know I like that you wrapped up with Manson because we were just talking about reciting lines from uh, from TV or from movies, and I've just started watching Shit's Creek. Guys, guys, my computer's about to die. I I, uh, I better mm. close out here. Okay. Seriously, I don't know All why. Right. My, the plug must have come out of okay, my charger, cool. Chris. If you want to kill, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's got no the warning, and it will die. I'll see you All Tuesday. Right, see you guys. <laughs> All see right, you next I'm Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LaFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter.